So welcome to episode two of the Rough Rider podcast with Aaron Newsom. Um, today we'll bring on our guest, um, class of 93, Erica Johnson. Erica, how are you? Doing well. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm happy to have you on and, and happy to have you fill in anyone listening with what you've been doing for the past 30 or so years, because um, I know I'm interested, and if I'm interested, more people are interested. Okay, so first tell of us- all, it's, it's hella scary that you even said 30 years, because I, I didn't even think about that. We haven't had you know, a 30-year reunion, so I'm still stuck thinking it's only been like 20 years. <laughs> I know. I still, I still feel like it's the early two thousands. I have to uh, remind myself that we're in the twenties now. I know it's pretty bad. It's bad. But that so, keeps you young too. It keeps you super young. But like people like Amy Polson that I've known, like I am on a group text with Amy Polson, Carly Danen, Casey Green, Tiffany Cart. Well, her name is you know these are their you know yeah. high school names, right? Tiffany yeah. Carney, who became Tiffany Rosenfeld in college. Um, and Aaron Bowler. And I talk to these chicks like a bajillion times a day. And yeah, it does keep you young, but it's like super scary when you think like I've legit known Amy Polson since we were two. So it's that's point, awesome. Yeah, well, that's 44 years at this point. So the math yeah. used to get like way scary. And so when you tell people that, like in other aspects of your life, they're like, Yeah, what are you know? I don't know, like I'm out there dating and stuff, right? So people yeah. ask me these like trite little get to know you questions like what's your longest friendship and it's like uh 42 years yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's and that could be taken a number of different ways like <laughs> right? oh man like intense, i can't right? yeah i can't measure up to that <laughs> exactly so anyway but no i appreciate uh you having me on and you sent like those little questions and stuff which is good it made yeah. me sort of think back like you know i hadn't thought about teachers and different things and just that era of high school. Like, I don't know. I think of high school as, as such a broad swath all the time. Like I joke all the time. They feel like I'm Al Bundy, you know, talking about my high school, like it's where I peaked or something, but really like it is super cool and it is super unique. And every experience I have with other people in life as my life keeps progressing, I'm like, God, these people just really came from a background that was way whack compared to what we were exposed yeah. to. And that just, I don't know, just the wide variety of like people and stuff that we know and experiences that we had from going to that school. And so it's like, I do keep coming back to it. Like it, I feel dorky sometimes, but you know, it is what it is. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I'm really protective of people from Roosevelt. Like if I meet someone from Roosevelt, I, I kind of almost feel like, like, like I'm safe. Cool. Yeah, we're like cool. I'm safe. Like exactly. I know I can count on this person because of the way that we were brought up to kind of look out for each other. So that I, that's it's nice to have that in your back pocket. Um, and Lord knows that they're scattered all over the place. So yeah. I I really I really loved everything about the school. Um, and it was a great time in our lives. Why wouldn't you hearken back to that, right? Totally. But and it's like, but I, I genuinely can't even think of like one particular teacher that I loved or just really felt challenged by or didn't like or whatever. I just, to me, you know, it, that's, it's, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't that engaged or something, you know, but yeah. I, I remember a little more like college professors or something, but I just, I remember just that era so specifically and just, I don't know, I, you know, I certainly feel like 
I was probably like every other teenager on the planet and was way too self-conscious and had, didn't have nearly the amount of confidence that I should have had. And sure. you, know, you feel shy and just all these things or whatever, but no, it was a, it was a super good experience. And, um, anyway, yeah, so this has been cool. So what should we chat about? What should we chat about? Yeah. Let's start. Where are you at? Let, let everybody know where you're calling us from. Yeah. I, so, I have an idea, but. Of course. So I live in LA now. Well, I actually live in Culver City, which is like a little municipality surrounded by LA. Um, I chose this part of LA when I moved here. I moved here just exactly a year ago. I was in Chicago forever for like 14 years, um, always living in the city. Um, My parents had grown up in Chicago in the suburbs. So as a kid in Des Moines and with all my cousins in Chicago, I was always Uh. complaining like, why don't we get to live there? It's so much cool. You know, all this right. and that, right? And my parents were straight up like, yeah, because our life is way nicer here. We have a nicer house and we yeah. take vacation. You know, just all those things about things that ring true even today, like the benefits yep. of living in Iowa versus Illinois. So anyway, but I always thought that I would end up in Chicago. And, um, you know, I did uh, live there for a really long time, but moved out to Arizona in 2019 due to work. They sort of strong armed me at the time I was with a company based there. And then after living there for a year, I realized like just the work thing. I when we can get into work for sure, too. But I transitioned to a different job and all of a sudden could live anywhere. So I realized that, you know, I think I really want to live in SoCal. Um, I don't have kids. I'm not married. So I've got like this extreme flexibility to just live in different cities and kind of go through these different phases of my career. And so, yeah, so I've been in LA for exactly a year. I live just a couple miles up the street from Venice Beach, which is awesome. Like that's never something I thought that I would do or, you know, like go to Santa Monica all the time. Like I, I love it here, but it definitely has its drawbacks. Um, there's the statistics, you know, you always hear wild variations of statistics, but um, I heard recently that 50% of America's homeless, I thought it was like 26%, so essentially a quarter, but apparently almost half of America's homeless do live in the state of California. Um, so you know that and you see that, and obviously it's huge in the Bay Area too, but, you know, it's a, it's a, long time problem that's been happening for decades that's just like super huge of a problem now so that's it's pretty intense to live here but um i was back in des moines for like six weeks over the summer i took a massive road trip with my dog and we hit up a bunch of you know national parks and stuff i literally drove from la to des moines Um, yeah right but it was so awesome and i hadn't seen my parents since like my parents had been out to Arizona for a Cubs spring training game the week right before the world shut down. So like the first week of March in 2020. So I hadn't seen them since then. So obviously I wanted to catch up and then see, you know, friends and stuff, obviously see, um, it's so funny. I saw that Justin Berkeley made some announcement on Facebook or something. He's transitioning out of Barntown soon. And it's like, what? That was like my second home during those six weeks. <laughs> wow. I didn't see that. I, I've yeah. made stops at each one of his little establishments that he's right. been into. And it's, it's always, I, I don't know if he makes the place or has such a huge impact, but every place he's been at is just amazing dude uh, i down- totally think he makes the place like for da- sure. what was the one downtown um buzzer billies well yeah yeah but yeah buzzer billies for sure oh, uh, but, right, um uh, yes uh, yeah court ave court, court avenue brewing right right 
Yes. That place is awesome. Root downs and everything they offer. Such a sweet place. It's totally sweet. So I love coming back to Des Moines. And like, I always hit up the farmer's market. I mean, you know, that wasn't really there when we were growing up, but that's part of my adult routine. Um, And then in those 14 years living in Chicago. So I've always been working from home since 2005. So um, I've had this career where I've just been super flexible and been able to go to Des Moines quite often. And I've got a dog, so she enjoys chilling in my parents yard because of course i never live someplace with a yard right. so, <laughs> so yeah no, no no but it's yeah it's interesting so this year i'm in socal i'm i'm digging it but it there this is a state with a lot of challenges it is really um emotionally hard and challenging to right. live, live amongst like so many people that are struggling um because it's not that they're just homeless they're also in large part needing like tons of healthcare, you know, so it's, it's quite intense to live here. So we'll see. I don't know if this will be, you know, my life for the next, you know, 20 years, but I'm enjoying it now. Two quick things. Something just popped across my screen on messenger and it was Emily Truesdale. Um, That's so me, funny. I wanted totally me to petition a- to have you on the, the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even kidding you. She said, you Scott Gay and Joel connect. Scott Gay? Where the heck is Scott Gay at? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I guess I got to send out a message. But in that same breath, I also want to have Dr. Nick Sumsky on when you're speaking of of California. That's kind of like a a dream interview to pick his brain and to see what he's dealing with. And, and, you know, he's an Alzheimer's doctor, if I'm not mistaken like i yeah um, i don't know what his specialty is i just know that yeah, you know brains cool. are his specialty neurology right yeah, yeah oh yeah he's nick's brilliant and i haven't connected with him in person since i've been out here but sure. no he is awesome i did see seth i don't know if you remember um seth widener yeah 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 he, did, he was yeah, doing tv stuff for a while wasn't he yep yep and he still he still is doing that he's still in production cool. Very cool. Um, so yeah, so I, I did connect with him over the summer, but that's so funny about Emily Truesdale. So yeah, yeah I did see her from time to time when I lived in Chicago, because of course Chicago was filled with Roosevelt alumni, which is kind of cool. Um, so, well, and yeah. if, if on Facebook, somebody talks about Chicago, Emily Truesdale will be in that post she pops somewhere. Up, right? I think the <laughs> algorithm like pings yeah. her. She might be like in the shower. Yep. And she's like, John Trell yeah. something about Chicago. Yep. It, it is always those two. <laughs> Like she comes, she is the defense minister for the city of Chicago. Totally. Like, and Don Trell, Don Trell yeah. is the person with relatives there. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, it's I sit back amazing. and watch that. It is awesome. Um, but tell me something about LA if, uh, from what I've heard. I've never been there, um, but yeah. I've heard oh, that people okay. live. Have you been to Southern California at all? No, I haven't. I haven't okay. been to California at all. I get, okay. we lived there when I was under a year old, but I don't, obviously I don't count that as being there, right. but I heard people live in like pods. When, when I, cause I ask about the traffic and this person's like, well, you know, you don't, you don't have to really experience that. And that's not the typical daily part of life because there's so much within like these pods and areas that you really don't have to leave that. A lot of people just live in that kind of section. Yeah, no, I would say that, but see, I feel like a lot of cities are like that too. Like I've lived, I, so I'll answer your question, but I'll just say first that like, I've never lived in Manhattan or, or in New York, but everybody that I know who lives there, they're like, oh, of course I don't leave Brooklyn. Of course I don't go over the bridge or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. it all becomes about like your five block radius or something. Right. And in yep. Chicago, you know, um, the last place I lived, I owned a condo in the South loop and I was just very much like, yeah, I don't really leave the loop. And it, you know, I, 
I had that luxury because I worked from home, but you know, yeah, the, the stress is when you're trying to like go from the suburbs into the city or something. So LA is totally like that. Like people, you know, they live and work down in Orange County. They live and work up in the Valley. Um, yeah, they, you know, you're kind of just centered in these little areas, but there's, there's so much development. I mean, quite frankly, it's just chock full of people that there's just really, you can live anywhere from, you know, the border of Mexico down in San Diego, all the way up to like practically Santa Barbara is really populated. So it's just, it's, it's interesting. It makes it good for like weekend trips and stuff because there's a lot of places to go. Um, There's quite a few people, uh, you know, from our class or from Roosevelt that are in the San Diego area, like Sarah. Really? Well, Sarah Kilman is the first person who comes to mind, but um, there's definitely others. So, yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So you got a nice little support system out there if you ever need it. Oh, totally. Sarah and I have been like trying to figure out a weekend where we're going to hang out like forever, you know, and then COVID's just weird and all that. But yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely down in San Diego or, you know, I don't know. Stuff is far though. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, I'll do like a work lunch that is a full on hour away. But I feel like that happens in, you know, central Iowa now too, because people live maybe, you know, really far out in Ankeny or something. They've got some meeting in, you know, Norwalk or something. I don't know. But um, no, you're right. And it does take that long anymore to get from A to B. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not 15 minutes anymore just to hop downtown to Des Moines, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, definitely. I am super grateful that I don't have to commute to some office because we are absolutely back at like normal LA traffic levels, which are just crazy. So, all right. So let's, let's kind of jump in here and tell me what you did right after high school. So you, we graduate, um, which was indoors, if you remember, because it was, there was a threat of rain. So, um, oh, right. I didn't even did... think about the fact that it would have normally been out. Yeah. 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 We kind of got the, the crap under the stick there. So what do you do after we graduate? What is, what does Erica set out and, and do? college you you mentioned but well so literally i was thinking about this like i straight up that summer what i really did right after graduation was i was a lifeguard at good pool um with um amy polson actually guarded there and then i think most of the rest of the people that were on our staff were people from hoover but um yeah that pool doesn't even exist anymore and the reason that yeah like i don't know if you can picture where good park is it's um right where like keo it's like a keo in university Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they used to have this pool there and it was pretty rudimentary because honestly, let's just be frank. The fact that it was in the hood, Des Moines Parks and Rec just did not put the amount of money that they did, that they did into Ashworth or Northwest pool or some of these other, you know, teach out and some of these that became like these family fun centers, but there was this pool there. And the coolest and craziest thing about it is that it was literally free to patrons. So yes, because of the neighborhood. So all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, this is like the coolest pool to be assigned to because this neighborhood like needs this pool. And that place was chocked full. I mean, a little bit on a dangerous side, there were certainly some families who treated it like, you know, sort of their summer camp or daycare and, you know, did just arrive, you know, when, when we would get there and the gates were ready to be opened or whatever, they were ready for the pool to be open. But, you know, that was the summer of the floods, you know? Oh yeah, that's right. Right. So that's the summer of 93. Um, It was crazy because I was, you know, Amy and I, and I mean, Anja White, I mean, there were a bunch of us that were lifeguards. Anja, I think was always assigned to Ashworth. I worked with her the next summer, 
But yeah, because we all worked for Des Moines Park and Rec, when when the water got shut down and obviously the pools were closed, um, yeah. they transitioned our staff over as auxiliary staff for the National Guard. So at some point, I got stationed at um, Oak Ridge uh, handing out like water, like doing like water distribution with what? the... I, yeah, that's exactly. That is the weirdest thing I've ever it's heard. The like wildest one day thing. you're saving someone from the water, and the next you're giving it to them. Right, and we were—I mean, you know—we're like 17 and like totally, you know, understanding these seriousness, but not really. So we're like, great, yeah. we'll so wear our suits and just get a tan and just be out of Oprah, you know, blah blah. But these people are like, uh, I have diabetes. I I need two gallons or whatever. It was this whole thing. So yeah. it is interesting that summer. You know, I think about that. I mean, that's the first sort of disaster, if you will, that I ever, you know, participated in, you know, trying to help and stuff. But yeah, that's what they did with all the lifeguard staff for Park and Rec. And then, of course, when we got back, when the pool did reopen in like early August or whatever it was, all these kids were like, oh, yeah, we were showering up in good pool. And we're like, Ugh. Oh. <laughs> there were all kinds of tales. Oh, man. Using the pool as a bathtub. That's Breaking amazing. in over the weeks that the water was down. So, um, you yeah, do what yeah. you got to do. You do what you got to do. But anyway, so I went to Iowa. I never thought that I was going to go to Iowa. I don't come from some big Hawkeye family. Um, yeah. But I, my birthday is really late in July. And quite frankly, I was just immature and kind of scared to go away, like far away from home. And sure. um, my parents, having grown up in the Chicago area, my dad went to Wisconsin for undergrad. My mom went to Illinois for undergrad. So I found myself just kind of modeling like, okay, I'll go to a Big Ten school that's a couple hours away from home. And my dad worked at Iowa State. That's where his career was. So there was no way in hell I was going to go 30 minutes away where yeah. my dad could just be bopped down to my room and ask me to go to lunch or something, you know? Right. I, I didn't know you went to Iowa, but if I had to guess, I would have guessed that you would have went to like a smaller, like Grinnell type, you know, in, in Iowa, like a small Iowa college, like a so central I, so I or a, done, I or a Grinnell or something that. like that. That would have been my guess. I, I never would have guessed Iowa. Right. Like I was in National Honor Society. I yeah. was definitely like really like into academics and stuff. I just was very like I had targeted like UNC Chapel Hill and UVA oh, and yeah. Wisconsin. And I did get into those schools. I just really chickened out. But I don't know why I just always thought it was about this big college experience. My mom to this day still says, Erica, you would have fared much better at a smaller school. And she's right because I really I was shy and, and I wasn't someone who was just going to go like sign up to be on some committee or club or whatever so um, sure. my college years were you know pretty chill I mean very tight group of friends but I really I didn't even know what I really wanted to study I just I kind of thought I wanted to go to law school so um, I ended up with a communications and Spanish double major um, I had studied French all throughout like childhood and then through Roosevelt and stuff but Spanish is obviously you know so utilized in the U.S. that I realized like hey I should go to DMAC and start taking some Spanish classes one summer and I did and it was so easy that I'd already studied French that I just ended up making that a major and I studied abroad a couple times. Um, I actually did kind of a cool thing where so I did a study abroad program one summer in Spain but um, that gave me enough credits to have a minor 
but if I studied abroad for a whole semester, that would have given me, you know, 15 more credits and just put, turn that puppy into a major. Yeah. So I actually structured it where I studied abroad in Chile for my final semester. Really? Yeah. So I moved out of Iowa city, like in the summer or whatever, you know, like I think I did the ceremony like in August, but I technically graduated like December of 97. So like four and a half years after um, but yeah, I always took summer school, just kind of knocking out a couple, you know, credits here and there. But yeah, Chile was awesome. Um, it's kind of funny looking back because my my parents had already been to South America and knew a lot about it before I decided on that country to to study in. And my dad was like, well, it's going to be nothing like Spain. It's going to be like L.A. It's just a city in between mountains with some smog. And now here I am and I'm in LA and I'm yeah. like, yeah, it is actually very similar, you know, just really? sort of a spread out modern city and stuff. But at the time, oh, dude, at the time, Chile did not have an extradition treaty with the United States because they had been like this puppet government with um, this autocrat or this military dictator, um, Augusto Pinochet. So he was still in power in 1997. And this guy was like a remnant from like, I don't even know, like the early 80s or late 70s or something, right? The old school Um, dictators. Super old school, like CIA plucked him out of wherever and wore the military uniform around. Like absolutely did. And it was like a straight up direct connection to the United States putting them into power. Like when the U.S. used to control all this stuff in South America. Um, So anyway, so this dude was still in power. Little did I know that I got placed with a host family that were Air Force veterans and like Pinochet supporters to the day that they die. So I lived in this crazy ass like political household where they would constantly tell me that all these things that I would see about these missing people that that was just fake information and those people weren't missing and all this (laughs) crazy stuff Um, but the more important thing about the extradition treaty and what makes me think about all this is that I legit met some very interesting characters that were like you know people that you know if they came back to the U.S. they'd be you know incarcerated so like drug dealers i mean just all kinds of like chile was a big money laundering spot and that's and you're like 21 at the time going on 22 yeah oh man kicking it with like my little friend from university of wisconsin yeah blonde hair exactly what they want to see down there right like a young college kid totally somebody who's like into danger yeah (laughs) Yeah, that was that was interesting because really they make movies about people like you yeah it's called taken right (laughs) yeah no but they uh yeah with like bolivia right next door they did all this money laundering so super crazy interesting time but studied at iowa graduated and then i really didn't know what i wanted to do because i had this communications degree which meant that i could you know speak and write and whatever but I mean it wasn't you know it's not like an engineering degree where you graduate with some tangible skill and then you can just go apply to like John Deere or something you know right um so I really didn't know what I wanted to do I moved back to Des Moines I ended up working for like a temp agency that like put me into like a mortgage company for a few months and whatever but I ended up getting a job my first real job if you will um was that it was at the time still called Norwest Financial yeah. Um, so yeah, right downtown at like what is it like eighth and eighth and not grand, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Walnut. Yeah, eighth the walnut exactly. That building, like right by there's those 
um, southbound lanes that end up connecting you over to the south side right there by that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I was a bilingual collections agent. So I legit had to be on the dialer and call these people and be like, you borrowed, you know, $5,000 for this big screen TV and you're late on your payments and yada, yada, yada. So I kind of quickly got promoted into the small claims part of it where I had to then coordinate like once people couldn't get collected upon i would coordinate like the repo man or like yeah like, he's going, he's going like, to get that tv seriously <laughs> like you don't even know like the amount and these repo people like only work kind of like in the middle of the night so like i would Shadows. come back to work and i'd have like a shit ton of voicemails of like yeah. you know this is terry from louisiana we got eyes on the boat <laughs> you know and it was like yeah. oh terry's jacked up on meth like yeah it, he is it was but he so, gets the job done it was so insane it was like dealing with a bunch of dog the bounty hunters it was, oh, it yeah. was awesome sauce so anyway at some point i bring all this up because at some point amy polson graduated from iowa state i think like in may or whatever like she did Five years and so i was like dude just come over here and work at this little norwest job or she might have graduated at, at semester two i forget but anyway amy started working um at this place with me and she and got the a tag job teams back together in, in my same department and the funniest thing is that i was so chatty and distracting with this bitch i don't see got, that we got separated <laughs> to to this day she brings it up. She's like, yeah, I don't know how they're going to have me move my cubicle when you are the disturbance. She's so, like, what in the world? <laughs> you know, people only get separated in like elementary school, right? That's not something you're supposed to take to your workplace. Totally. This is exactly like it was hilarious. I mean, when it happened, she looked at me. She goes, are you fucking kidding? I feel like I'm back at Greenwood right now. Yeah. She goes, every classroom I've ever been in, they always made that me move. It's awesome. <laughs> But her her biggest her biggest gripe about it is that I'm never the one that has to. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So anyway, so I started working there. I actually started dating Julian Hader during that time period too, and he ended up moving to Seattle to start going to college. So, I'm actually speaking to him at six thirty. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. So yeah, so he he didn't go to school right after school. So he was starting his undergrad journey and as we all know he's a professor and stuff now so yeah. he went to school forever you know um so after yeah so after about a year of dating him i ended up joining him in seattle so i worked at norwest but then i moved to seattle and i ended up working um actually for this startup for this computer manufacturing startup company called microworks which ended up being kind of shady business like they did like a <laughs> four part they did four part series on us and like you know king king news or whatever it was in, in seattle oh, no. it was yeah my dad was like erica you need to find another job before you come back from lunch someday and like there's no paycheck and the doors are locked right because yeah you know it's just one of those like dot-com era like build it yeah, quick get rich quick scheme yeah totally so but that sort of you know gave me a little bit of you know uh just exposure to, you know, just that huge, obviously it's a huge industry in the Northwest, right? And in yeah. Seattle and everything is oh, yeah. to be focused. So, yeah. So I actually went to go work for a dental insurance company after that. Um, oh, insurance. Which is so dumb. So yeah. I had insurance for 
really the rest of, well, it was marketing in the insurance industry for the rest of my 30s. So at some point I broke up with Julian, we went our separate ways, but, and I moved to Minneapolis for a year, but then I moved back to Seattle. Um, when I moved in, when I lived in Minneapolis, I actually worked for the American Cancer Society because I wanted to see kids. Hey. Right, because I wanted it's a great to see, place. It's a it was a fabulous place. My wife has worked there along her journey too, so I know it's, a little bit about that. Yeah, ACS is a really great org, and I wanted Correct. to see if my passion, you know, really was in nonprofits. But you know, the pace is pretty slow, right? Yeah. And quite frankly, I always had to have a second or third job, and so I was like, okay, this is kind of not cool to not make enough right. to you know make a living right. as a single girl. Um, let me let me stop you real quick on that ACS. Yeah. So since you've worked at ACS, um, what do you think of Susan G. Coleman? I mean, since you know the truth and how much they spend per dollar, like yeah, it, it so makes me like I shudder. I when, shudder when I at see these. Too. Yeah. yeah. Because the thing with Komen is like they've been a really good marketing engine. Yep. Right? They've done a fabulous job Apparel. Of, of well and, and getting people to pay attention yep, to they, women's cancer issues. They team up with the NFL and other all this stuff, entities that are all over your TV, but totally. But you're right. As an actual as an actual nonprofit organization and the amount of money that they pump back into research and development and funding a cure or funding all these different things, the, it, I mean the American Cancer Society is where it's at. Komen Absolutely I celebrating like, birthdays. Yes. Yes. So I used to plan and and literally run those relay for life events. Yeah, so did my wife. She'd go to colleges and stuff and yeah, yeah that's crazy that you did yeah, that. Yeah, that's so cool. She had that same job. Yeah, it was yep. called in income development specialist. You're Something like that. A yeah, fundraiser. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. you are a fundraiser. Yeah, you have territories and drive that's to exactly them and right. you try to yeah. find the old the old ladies that want to put them on and Totally. So kids. I had yeah. I had the Twin Cities, and so I had like Robinsdale and Brooklyn Park and Brooklyn Center and Anoka, and you know. I Green love Rapids. Minneapolis. It's such a perfect sized city for someone like me. Yeah, um, I love a little chilly, but too. yeah, it's so easy to get from A to B there. Everything's marked well. There's a lot well, to do. And it feels to me like and growing up, my parents were always big, like, let's go to Kansas City for the weekend. Let's, I mean, of course, we went to Chicago a ton, but let's go to Kansas City. Let's go to the Twin Cities and whatever. I love the Twin Cities. And it's always, to me, yeah. felt like a bigger version of Des Moines. Let's get got the same vibe, the same type of, you know, values and culture, I feel like. I mean, because Kansas City is kind of more Western. You know what I mean? I, like, I agree. Like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I yeah, I, I really loved um, living up in in Minneapolis. I lived really close to Lake Harriet, um, kind of close to that 50th and France area. But it was, you know, like you said, it was cold and it was so dark and whatever. And I don't know, I left I left Seattle after breaking up with Julian and I kind of felt like, you know, I kind of want to go back and experience it as a single person. And, you know, because I had moved there as part of the relationship. So I loved Seattle and I wanted to go back and kind of just really finish out my time there. So I did. And Minneapolis was too cold. <laughs> 
So I, I agree. Moved back to Seattle, back to my same company and stuff. But yeah, I just, you know, and then once I was in Seattle, I started realizing as I was getting to the age of 30 um, that I, you know, insurance was not my thing. It was not my passion. And I had a lot of friends that worked at Microsoft and I always kept trying to get in, but I really could never get in. So I finally just decided I was going to move back to the Midwest and I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I gave my job a couple months notice. Um, I knew that I was going to move back. So in the summer of 2005, I moved back and actually, I mean, it was super, I mean, it kind of felt embarrassing because it was like right around the time I was turning 30, but I moved back in with my parents for like four or five months. Nothing wrong with that. Out, nothing wrong at all. But you know, when you're younger, you don't like face that sure, yeah. path or whatever. So, yeah, so I ended up working at Banana Republic. I opened up the one at Jordan Creek because um, that was right when that was open. Yeah, that was yeah. super fun to do retail. I love all that stuff. But really, my Seattle friends ended up connecting me into a position for Microsoft within Chicago. So I spent a few of those months really just in the interview loop uh, for Microsoft. So I moved to Chicago in October of 2005. And my first day working at Microsoft was actually the day that the um, White Sox won the World Series. It was Wednesday, October like 26th. 2006 or something? It was 2005, October Five, 26th okay. of 2005. Yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah, so it was great. So it did that super rigorous career. Um, loved living in Chicago, loved living around cousins and whatever, but um, kind of kept me single a little bit because I was just super focused on my career. Yeah. Um, so I ended up actually leaving Microsoft in 2011. Um, it was so intense, it, like just so intense, zero work-life balance. Um, I was just like super duper type A, um, kind of even a pain in my own ass. I mean, I just was like, I don't, I'm so amped up and just it was just not a good scene. So I took time off. I took a stress leave. Um, and then I took, to, I'm big on mental health care. So I was like, yeah. I don't even care if this is embarrassing. I'm like, you have all these leaves that you can take and I am yep. stressed the F out. So I'm going to do that. Um, and so I took better you out. do that than, than something drastic happened. Right. You know? you if don't you feel yourself getting close to the edge. Yeah. You don't need to break you yourself it? from your job. Right. Yeah. right. Exactly. So I left. And so then um, I ended up, I didn't think I would take this much time off, but I took a year and a half off um, before I landed with IBM. And I went back to work in like 2012 with IBM. And that was kind of cool because I had a territory that was Des Moines and Omaha. And they're like, yeah, you can, you know, live in territory if you want, or you can, and I'm in IT sales, essentially. They're like, you can live in um, territory, you can live in Chicago. So, so I actually just commuted to Des Moines and, um, and Omaha. I would obviously fly to Omaha normally, but yeah, I would just go work out of Des Moines for weeks at a time. Time. And it was cool to have local clients. And I sold to the city of Des Moines and the state of Des Moines and, you know, just trying to schlep all these IBM products and stuff. But um, I didn't love it. So I only stayed at IBM for three years. Um, my team as a whole got laid off, but I chose not to search for another role because I didn't super love it. So I, I ended up taking another year and a half off. Um, oh, and, wow. And, yeah. So like, so from 2016, no, I'm sorry, 2000. Yeah, I guess it was 16 into 18. Um, but I did a lot of like consulting and side projects and different things yeah. in that time off. And one of my big 
things that I do that's not IT related is I'm really into interior design. So I had a lot of friends who had me help design different home remodels or like Tiffany Carney's, um, she and her husband, they like completely gutted a house. And so um, I actively worked with her on some different stuff and her kitchen ended up on the cover of Des Moines Home and wow. just cool, cool stuff. Yeah. So just exercising that non- like the other side of my brain, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah. the the creative side. So anyway, then I went to go work for an IT startup. Um, so back into this Microsoft world. So really, really small company. And that's the company that uh, cajoled me to moving out to Arizona, which was good because I was really over living in Chicago. And just so you know, like over the years, I have thought so often about moving back to Des Moines. And now I'm kind of past wanting to do that. For for lots of years in Chicago, I was, I really toyed with the idea of, you know, just buying a place in Des Moines because it is so relaxing. Um, yeah. I just, you know, my parents are still there. Um, I don't have any siblings. So, you know, it's just my parents. And it's sort of like, man, it's, you know, I do like going to visit them. And I do love just hanging out in Beaverdale. It's with home. Friends. It's yeah, so it's... relaxing. Yes. It's just got the you worst You still know weather. we're, we're yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We don't even really have a spring and a fall anymore. It's Dude, that's it, so bad. It's, it's like I feel those seasons narrowing and the yeah. summer's just getting longer. Like it's 91 degrees here today or oh 88, 88 or something, 88 or 90. Yeah. It's it's, it's going to be sort of more like St. Louis-y, I think. You know, man, like it's it's getting there. I'll tell you what, it's windy all the time. Like the wind has, has really picked up the like oh, last really? 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, and, and the winter, we don't get a lot of snow, but we do get some of the cold. Like the, the cold season is longer, but it's not as cold as what it seemed like when we were kids. Because when we were kids, it seemed like it got really damn cold in this city. Right, right. Um, hey, listen, my, one, one of the years, I don't know if it was my freshman year, but there was definitely a year at Iowa. Um, and by <laughs> the way, where did you go to school? Did you, did you go in state? So, yeah, I went, I went to DMACC first, and then uh -huh. I finished at Simpson. Oh, okay. Simpson. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, I couldn't remember if you had stayed in state. So, you know, school starts or whatever, like January or, you know, whatever date it is after that month. And my jeans froze yeah. so hardcore that they actually ripped. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> denim just like ripped like right by the crotch. And I was oh. like, because that, pe that penna crest up in Iowa is so cold. It's like you walk from those buildings and I don't know, maybe they've got like tunnels or something now, but it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. It it's not like that anymore, which, you know, I, I'm okay with to a degree, but at the same time you can feel the change. It's, it's scary. Um, yeah. It's hard to be in a, a denier when you live in it, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. And like the one year that I, you know, Arizona's obviously always been hot, but they say like Vegas is going to turn into like Phoenix weather and Phoenix will turn into Dubai weather, you oh, know, like, wow. e like even the deserts are going through, you know, noticeable change or whatever. So anyway, but yeah, I don't even know how we got on that topic, but yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, it sounds like, I was going to ask you what you did for fun, but it sounds like uh, you kind of answered that in the decorating. So is that, yeah, you know, well, I, I, so I used to travel a ton for work. Um, oh, I know what I was saying. So yeah. So work had brought me out there. I moved to oh, California yeah. when I was able to change. So I changed jobs a year ago and I'm with a company where, so I, 
work with all of our central and west regions. So I really can live anywhere like west of Pittsburgh. So this oh, is wow. again why I was able to just kind of come and hang in Des Moines, which it was so nice this summer. Um, but yeah, no, I. Uh, so yes, so for fun, I have traditionally had a lot of jobs where I've been traveling. Um, so that's been kind of, you know, I'll just make sure that I'm tacking on vacations wherever I can, or a day here or there. But I have a really, really tight crew of friends that I developed over the years in Chicago. And a lot of them don't live in Chicago anymore, but we meet a lot. And so like Good. some of them live in Arizona now. Some of them live internationally. Some of them are just in the burbs in Chicago now. But yeah, so I just, I do a lot of like meeting of friends and then people are constantly flying to where I live because they're just naturally there for work or for pleasure or whatever, you know? So it's kind of, I don't know. I just feel like I'm always getting together with friends. That's good. I, uh, I don't get out and see my friends as much as I should, you know, I but see that's dad life. I mean, that, that's like, kind of, that's, kind of, it's the, it's the good sacrifice of being a dad. Yeah. And you know, my, my kids are my, my best friends or whatever. So I'll snatch one up and go to the comic book store because that's what he likes or a movie right. or something. But at the same time, my wife is also pushing me to go out, you know, and go yeah. hang out with your, your friends or whatever. Well, I see these guys when I'm coaching or something, you know, so it's not like I'm not seeing them. I don't know. Um, no, but like, I think it's it's definitely worth, you know, making sure that you have like boys nights or even like yeah. little boys weekends or whatever. I mean, women are all about it. So yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. So I want to hear what you think about the music today, because I'm a big music listener. Yeah. And I, I think it kind of sucks personally, but I want to hear your opinion. So I love that question because you know what? Like, I dig it. And yeah. I feel like I am constantly searching and being fed new music. And, um, okay, have you heard of this chick, Leon? No. She's got kind of these Joss Stone vibes. Like, okay, I'm going to write it down, down then. Yeah, Spell yeah. the traditional way? Yeah, yeah, L-E-O-N. And okay. not Leon Bridges. <laughs> like, someone Googled it. They're like, Leon Bridges. I'm like, no. <laughs> so, you know. Like, I do, like, I just stumbled upon her song. I don't even know where. I mean, LA's got, like, the radio here has some, you know, decently good music. But I just, I listen to Sirius XF or yep. whatever it's called, Sirius XM all the time. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like I'm discovering, like, I'm into EDM. So I love this DJ, Nora Impure, who's um, South African. Like, I love all this like world not all world music but a lot of these like djs that are global that have kind of like this chill edm sort of music um i do like i mean i'm totally a sucker for all this pop music like i'm such a like joke like once these little people grew up i love the jonas brothers and like taylor swift these little people, people. Oh, hey God. i'm not gonna lie taylor swift has some catchy tunes totally. I, I, I will give you that I mean, Billie Eilish, I, she's good. Billie Eilish is so good. I can't, so, I can't do you know, that. Like, I to can't me, it sounds it. like, yeah, it sounds like she's like talking through a cup or something <laughs> as she's recording. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, my ear just doesn't like it for some reason. Okay, I've tried so what, because she is hot. I, I, when I say hot, like people like love she's her. she's popular. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think she's good looking. I'm not saying that, but people love her. No, the the stuff that makes my ears bleed is like a lot of new hip hop, and I am yeah, like a huge so bad. 
fan of hip hop. So for right. me, like that's where I get very retro. That's where I'm like, you know, and I discovered like some good like acts in Chicago and there certainly is a lot of good local hip hop here in LA as well. But I mean, basically when it comes to hip hop and that entire genre, I have way more respect for stuff that's older. Um, yeah. But no, like this other stuff, oh my gosh, I find myself jamming out to these. I mean, the reason I say these little people is because think about it. When they first came onto the scene, they were legit like teeny boppers. You know, it would be like me raving about Hanson now, which, you know, some people, I guess, say they're great now, whatever. But point is, all these people that I would have normally used to laugh at. Listen, I remember, God, were we out of college? I remember at some point, I think we were working at Norwest. Amy and I were like, okay, I admit it. I do like the Backstreet Boys. And then she's like, dude, I think NSYNC is kind of good. And we went over to Best Buy together because we were so embarrassed. We were so embarrassed to like buy, you know, you're in your twenties and like. What? So you stole it, so you didn't have to be seen paying for it. No, 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 no. we bought it. We bought oh, okay. it. We just bought it together because it's just like, like, dude, nobody better see us buying this, like, because it was before, like, it was kind of cool, like pop music kind of came back. You know what I mean? Yep. And it was a bit like listening. It was a bit like admitting that you were listening to like New Kids on the Block. Yeah, guilty pleasure, but everybody's got those. I, I mean, know, shoot. but at I some just point admitted. you think you're too cool for school, and now I just admit it. Like, now I love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so mean. you guys don't rock new music in your house at all, really? Um, My son is really getting into to music. Uh, actually, both of them. All three of them are. But they do listen to the old stuff, and I think that's because that's what they've kind of grown up on. Yeah. Um, They do a lot of, like, YouTube music, and I don't understand what the hell it is. Um, but, but they do fall back on the stuff that, that they've grown up on, which is cool. So we, this is, this is how old school my kids are. We have like movie posters hanging in our basement cause it's kind of set up in a movie theater. Oh, and nice. yeah. So my favorite movie's always been the karate kid. So that's my movie poster. My oh, wife, Cobra my wife Kai is, is my yeah. jam. Oh, it's great. Isn't it? Yes. My wife so chose the Goonies. That's her posters. Nice. Her poster. Um, my 13 year old son chose gremlins because he's old school like that i love um, it i my, love it one of the twins chose back to the future and the other <gasps> one chose beauty and the beast these are good choices your yeah. kids have good taste at I least know. you're raising kids with good taste right old school and i <laughs> i just got lucky that you know they haven't shunned it because it's old so i'm i'm happy with that and the music thing you know they can listen to whatever they want but when it comes to rap or, or hip hop or some of the rock and roll, because there is no such thing as rock and roll anymore. Rock and roll is like dead. I know. It's kind of weird. Like I was thinking about that because um, I was genuinely passing. Um, I was on, I drive on sunset like quite often and I pass by like the Troubadour and like all these like classic oh, yeah. like rock venues, you know, the whiskey. like the Roxy and the whiskey and like yeah. seriously. And, you know, you see these, like, really, like, meager crowds, you know, and you're just like, God, like, is anyone even out here trying to, like, expose their new music? And it's like, right. kind of not. I mean, I never got deep into the indie scene, but I feel like it's all about indie when it comes to, like, you know, music like that. I don't know. I would guess that you're probably right. And it does kind of stink because I, I can listen to all genres, just not some of the new stuff. Oh my gosh! I even put Van Halen on my playlist the other week. Yeah, 
Yes, See? I was like craving because like I heard, I don't know if you remember the song Right Now. It's from their album for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. And it's really good. It's got this long piano intro. It's when um, Sammy was in the group. Anyway, it's, yeah. So, yeah, I'm all about I'll, it. You got to mix it up. I'll have to go back and listen to that because I don't know exactly what you're talking about. But I, I know that was my brother's favorite group. So Oh, I my gosh. Know. Yes. Listen to Right Now and you're going to be like, what? Oh, yeah. This is my, like, Monday motivation. I mean, I feel like Rocky when I listen to that song. I remember the video when that Pepsi got released and and yeah. how they got called sellouts and everything pepsi clear yeah, yeah 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 totally oh my gosh that's so all this stupid stuff zima whatever all these different things that have come out in our life. oh i think that made a comeback too if i'm not mistaken um but all right t- tell the listeners something about you that they wouldn't already know god give, this this give was a something. toughie this was I a know. toughie i mean i really don't know I mean, first of all, people that know me, like I'm a pretty, you know, I'm an open book. So I don't, this was seriously hard. I mean, I don't know. I, I will say this. And like I you cheated wanna... on a test in high school <laughs> or no, you know, we I, all I did. Mean, I, I know I did. Have, I mean, I used to like steal the car, you know, I used to take my parents' car out all the time you know, in the middle of the night. But I mean, I think most people did know you really? do that. Oh I didn't God. know that. So Dude, was, was it in a garage? No. So this is what happened. Well, actually, not even just my parents' car. Like, by the time I was driving, I had a little Honda Civic. And so that was parked outside because we just had a two-car yeah. garage or whatever. And yeah. that and then that car and then also my mom's Camry were both stick shifts. So, Ooh, even, yeah. if the cam- so even if the Camry were on the driveway, you could straight up just pop it yep. into neutral and then clearly. And then, so I lived um, at the end of 42nd Street and the the road is pretty, um, pretty, you know, there's like a, uh, what do you want to call it? It's not a hill. What you, there's a slope there, if you will. Did you and live so, by Tad? So even further down. So I lived yeah, right yeah. across the street from, but yeah, exactly. Like Tad was up on Oak Forest or whatever it was called. And then, yeah, if you just kept going straight down, 42nd right before it turned into like at the end of my street is where people would enter to go have keggers at like waterworks and and like the railroad tracks and stuff like that like that's totally what happened right prior to our roosevelt years all of roosevelt was pretty much hanging out at the end of my street because it was kind of how they all access like lost planet and all this stuff oh the lost planet that was almost the name of this podcast i I kid you not that would have been so good and then i saw dick ron's I saw Dickron's um, suggestions for like um, sponsors and stuff. I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, that's so cheesy. Pizza but bobs. No, so and... I, would, I would straight up just take the car, you know, and I don't know, just go and be bad with like Jody Kincaid or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I used to um, run in back in my younger years out. Her sister, Natalie, who was yeah, kind of a, a, couple years part, a party animal. Oh, which, um, by the way, this is the smallest world. So my parents, sorry, I keep interjecting. No, but, you're fine. That's what this okay. is about. Okay, good. <laughs> my parents live by Valley now, and they have for like 10 years or something. I don't know. They moved to over by Wakanda when I was in college. They moved to the south side, and then they moved over to a single-story home, um, you know, non-South of Grand style, if you will, um, over by Valley High School. Yeah. And cut, cut to like two Christmases ago. I'm at my parents' house. I open the door. There's this lady standing behind this big-ass Christmas basket. 
Jody Kincaid's mom moved in across the street with her husband. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm forgetting his name, Marty, I guess. But yeah, so anyway, she's like, she's like, oh, I'm just, and she said her name, and I was like, gosh, this woman looks so familiar because I'm not in contact with Jody. She's like not yeah. in the mix, right? And yeah. so anyway, so it was like, wait a minute. So the smallest thing. So yeah, so now my parents are all up in the mix. So Natalie and her kids and Jody and all these, you know, Des Moines is a small town. So yeah, yeah. Or people are absolutely around. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, in middle school. Jody was one of the quietest people, and then she just became what we all know in high school. A, right, a little more outgoing. She talked. She didn't say a word for three years in middle school. I, <laughs> I never heard it. But she's she was always very nice and and a good person. And yeah, we we were friends in the college, and and frankly, it was one of those classic things of where when you live with someone. Uh, you're yeah it's yeah. test under friendship you know when yeah, you're yeah. when you're young enough that you're not good communicators and you know don't respect boundaries and stuff like so yeah that's unfortunate but it is what it yeah. is i'm sure she's she's doing just fine but yeah des moines is so small to just run into these people i'm like oh my gosh that's liz kincaid that's awesome yeah. all right so we're gonna wrap it up here because i've taken up almost an hour of your time if you can believe it i mean it's kind of flown by um you you are the first guest, which is pretty damn cool. Um, <gasps> what? But, That's scary. I know. People might not yeah, want to yeah, come you, back. They'll the, be like, "Is this jibber jabber? What it's all about?" Screw no, I two. I feel like there's so much more to talk about. <laughs> so after we have some more guests on, I want to have you back on eventually, and we'll catch up a little bit more. But before we go, uh, yeah. is there anything that you want to clear the air on, or anything you want to clear up, or anything out there? Anything you no, want to talk about I, from high school or anything from post high school or anything you want to say to any Roosevelt grads out there? Anything oh my God, that you I want? Love, to... I love that you asked this question. No, not really. I just yeah. No, I just I feel like I am someone who went to both of the reunions and stuff, and it was it was cool to see the people that were there. I definitely um, wasn't very sober at the second one, so yeah. I don't. I, I personally don't think I like had a very good time because like I was in a weird mood. But no, I just I will just say that I I do think it's um, I think it's pretty dope the background that we all shared going to that school or that we share having gone to that school um, because it really it it makes such an impact in who we are and I. I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but I truly have said it. And I'm a mentor to a lot of women in business and like younger women. And it really does matter that you, you know, are comfortable with all different types of people. Um, and I'm normally talking about this, like in the context of work or something, but I just think in life, right. And I look at the way that other people struggle or how people become a Karen or something like that. And it's just like, I'm just so flipping thankful that I had my Roosevelt and honestly, Callanan and Greenwood years. Yep. Um, and that it's shaped me in the way that I am and that I'm not blind to, you know, different ways of different life and just, you know, everybody's got different struggles and stuff. And you see that at the forefront when you go to those sort of schools. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. It's not some super homogenous environment, you know, and just, you know, the things that make you a, a well-rounded adult. Um, I, it, for real, I know I got, I didn't get it from going to Iowa city. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you know, I mean that that was fun, but that was you know. Roosevelt was your base. And yeah, that's what you I, built from, yeah. and I feel like it was the same yeah. for me as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So it's it's cool. So it it does matter that 
you know, you're exposed to different people because I just, you look at all the friction in the world and it's because people have so much fear. And I feel like a lot of us don't have as much fear amongst ourselves because we're comfortable with people that are way different from ourselves. I agree. And I mentioned that in my self interview as well. It's, I mean, that's what it means to me. And that was a good, a good springboard um, to everyday life. For me as well. Which is why my immediate reaction to you when you said, dude, I'm going to do a podcast. I was like, uh, yeah, because the, like everybody's life in our class is interesting to me. Like truly it's fascinating when I see these different people. It's like, I love seeing that you're like this, you know, little league dad and you're doing all this. It's like, tell me about it. Like your wife's probably out there like screaming at you for something. Like it's interesting, you know, it's fun. So I, I, I so happy you're doing this. And I'll let you in on a little secret. Thank you um, for coming on. But originally I was going to do this podcast uh, with a a similar podcast with Larry Mason. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah. And and it was going to be regarding inner city and and things that needed to happen. And I just didn't feel like I was equipped to be that person and and take on the uh, responsibility uh, of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it would mean as much coming from me. And Larry does a lot with with inner city with his basketball and he's a good dude. And and we met and, and chatted that up and I, just, I had to kind of put the brakes on that. And um, hopefully we'll have him on sometime to talk about that. Um, but you are exactly right with everything you said about Roosevelt. And um, I appreciate you coming on and I want to have you back on again so we can get caught up um, in a couple couple weeks months and hopefully this thing has uh staying power and and we can have as many roosevelt alum and not just 93 i'll have anybody on and talk to anybody so we can all catch up right yeah oh absolutely i was going to ask you about that i didn't know if it was like our class specific no i think that's a good idea because we're certainly super close to all these classes adjacent to us too right so i agree i um, agree yeah no i think that's a great idea thanks aaron absolutely thanks for coming on erica we'll talk to you soon You're welcome. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye.